Hi, it's Chris Watkin, and I'm back again with John Durrant, who is uh, an estate agent who started his estate agency career in 1968, uh, owned his own estate agency, and then subsequently started up um, his own prop tech firm called Dr. Photo. Um, John, you were an estate agent in 1968. Yeah. Thanks for joining me today, yeah, by the way. Um, what's the difference in estate agency from the late 60s to the early 2020s? Talk to me. Okay. Well, first of all, I feel like I'm on the Graham Norton <laughs> couch. I've always wanted to do that. I've always wanted to be Tom Cruise. Um, yeah, estate agency in the, um, end, the end of the 1960s was very different um, to what it is, um, what it is today. Um, for example, property details, property marketing was dreadful. Um, the uh, photography was non-existent. It would take two weeks to get a house onto the market. Um, you had those printing machines. Those you? printing machines. That's right. They they were they were awful. And you no had... photographs, boys and girls. You basically yeah. you used to turn the photograph into like little dots. Yeah. And it had this lovely smell, which again you could become addicted to. And you just <laughs> yeah. rolled them around like this. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And the um and uh, sending out details. Of course, you couldn't do that um, digitally those days. They had to be sent out um, through the post. And you'd have a, a machine that you had to stand well, first. Actually, first of all, we had to, to write the envelopes, and then later on, the innovation was that we'd have the uh, machine that you would stamp out the uh, the addresses of, of uh, the properties onto the envelopes um, or onto sticky labels and stick those on. Um, and as I say, it'd take two weeks to get a property on the market, but nobody seemed to to worry. Um, and you would have um, a situation where offers usually were, were accepted on, on houses by people with properties to sell. Uh, it was not well, unusual. you take the property off the market? And, no, uh, yeah, take, it off the, take it off the market. Uh, that's right. It'd be, you know, it was just a, a very much more relaxed um, type of um, uh, Because obviously the, the, by, in the 60s, the, probably the most of the estate agents were probably tended to be chartered surveyors that had a few of the state agent's arm or the other state agent that set their own up. Yeah. There's no corporates, were there? That's right. So, no, well, I was Manning Care and we, I think we had 22 officers at the time. Um, WPA Gase would drop by one of the offices every now and again and you'd have to stand up and say, good morning, Mr. A. Gase, good morning, Mrs. Bridger. He'd always have a secretary with him, drive up in his roller. Um, and um, it was, yeah, it was a very different vibe. It was like, how are you being served? Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and as I say, the, the houses, houses to sell um, situation, accepting offers on, on those, and, and just eventually they would sell and people would move. I, I, you know, I don't recall any kind of drama um, about that at all. Um, obviously, contrasted with today, um, everything probably because of the Amazon. Um, situation, you know, you ask for something and it arrives on the doorstep the following day. People expect the houses to be delivered in the same way. So that is is really the major difference. What was the what was the feeling like? You know, was it it was a was it a more kinder time in a state agency? Oh, it was very much kinder. Um, yeah. So my first boss was a guy called Fred Wiltshire, uh, a big guy. He looked like one of the craze. Uh, he had slick back, grey hair, very smart, um, and I remember him saying to me, um, "All play, uh, all, all work, no play makes Jack a dull boy," um, and I carried that through with me. It, it meant um, for me that um, 
when when I got my first office, which was in Aldershot, um, got my first office, I said to Paul Locke that it needed decorating, and he said he had 30 quid, uh, go and do it. I was what you would call a man's moony. Um, I would do anything for Manning Company at the time. Um, I loved it. And uh, he actually said to me, though, one day that uh, their brand, with their brand, they could employ monkeys and sell houses. And I, I saw the kind of writing on the wall when he said that, which was um, not a... Not a good thing to be saying to people, I didn't think. Was this in the 70s then? It was uh, early early 70s, exactly right. It, it kind of flipped. Because if you think about it, the, the early 70s in terms of the property market is very similar mm. to what we are hitting now in terms of high inflation. Yeah. We had Anthony Barber as the Chancellor of the Exchequer at the time. There had been very high inflation. He'd tried to get the economy <laughs> back on. It, a little like Liz Trust would have achieved perhaps if, if she'd carried, been able to carry on and perhaps that's what the market saw. Um, but um, we had very high inflation and then um, it started to grind to a halt and then we had a Middle East war and we that had an energy crisis, crisis wasn't it? oil crisis um, and it's, uh, th this is very much like you know, what we're experiencing today and it's, it's, it, it, it makes me very nervous and anxious for uh, for the property market going forward. Why do you, I mean, we're filming this um, in the uh, last day of October 2022. Mm. Uh, this will probably be coming out towards the end of November. Mm. Why are you nervous about the property market? Because of what you know in the 70s? Uh, because of what I knew in the 70s. So in the 70s, um, in the lead up, I was in Basingstoke office at the time before, um, uh, before I take my office at Aldershot. Um, so I was in Basingstoke and we'd had 400 houses to sell. We'd gone down to six. Um, I remember going out and photographing a property. By now we had a Polaroid camera. This was the innovation. Polaroid camera. Uh, you'd have to stick it under your arm to, to warm it up to, um, you know, to get it uh, um, uh, fixed or whatever. Um, and um, by the time I got back to the office, somebody had noticed an estate agent taking photographs. They'd phoned around all the estate agents and the property was under offer. Um, so that was, you know, the market as it was, you know, probably very similar to what it's been uh, recently here. Yeah. Um, so we went through that. And then we had the, um, the Anthony Barber situation um, and uh, the market popped, uh, basically. We had the Middle East war. And within the space of a year or two, we'd gone to 600 houses. <laughs> we were taking houses on left, right and centre. Um, it seemed like Christmas to us because, of course, we'd had a famine of them. Um, and, you know, we didn't think that um, we couldn't see there was anything wrong. Um, and this is what makes me anxious about today, because I feel that estate agents, uh, if, they, if they will get, they will get the houses, more houses coming onto the market. The timing, I mean, stock is increasing. I think uh, we've gone from 440,000 uh, on the market in May 22 to now 530,000. Yeah. It's growing. Yeah. So what happened then was that um, uh, you'd get people who were desperate to sell their properties and they would price their properties uh, accordingly. Um, people, other people would look at those and they'd think, oh, you know, bloody hell, that looks good. Um, let's, let's try and buy it. But then they'd want yesterday's price. Yeah, top dollar for theirs. Top dollars for theirs. And, and, and you end up with loads and loads of offers on properties that you can't, you can't process because, um, because these, um, 
nutcases, uh, very often who would who would ask 10% more for their property because the, in anticipation that somebody might come along and offer 10% less, which was the okay. price they actually wanted. Um, and you end up in a, in a situation that was uh, totally unsustainable. And do you think that's gonna, that could happen in 2022, 23? I'm desperately frightened that it will. Um, and if, if agents don't take control of that situation, um, then that's exactly what will happen. But estate agents hate losing properties to a competitor. Yeah, well, what's going to happen is that there will be bucket shops who will take anything onto the market. Um, they'll end up spending their money uh, trying to sell something that's not sellable uh, because of the price. And um, those people will end up selling at a lower price than they could have achieved today because they'll be chasing the market down. Um, and, you know, it's, it's just just a total waste of time and the agent's money um, they don't if they if they don't understand that that they're wasting their money um, then there is no point in it and it could be that you would want to take um, you know a few houses on just to say that you've got 20 or 30 instructions uh, you, you could you could do that and you could have at least you have a big market share graph wouldn't you they would have a big market share graph but but then um <laughs> so it, it was like it felt like christmas to us we were taking houses on left right and center um, but then what happened was that obviously the, the hierarchy realized that they were spending a lot of money and not actually getting a lot of sales and they just told us to just disinstruct ourselves from everything. Can you imagine that? <laughs> it's, um, you know, all of those houses, all of that money that was spent on doing that and then being told to disinstruct yourself. So what would your message be to any estate agents if the market does toughen up? Don't take it on overpriced. Yeah, uh, we just proceed with great caution, um, because if you don't, then you're, you, you know, agents tend to talk about supply and demand. Yes, I understand that there, aren't, that you, you, there are more houses coming on, but you're not seeing an uptick like that. Um, not yet, um, but, you know, I, I use the term frog boiling, you know, people put the frog into cold water and then just turn the heat up gradually, it doesn't notice that it's, it's being boiled. Um, and that's the situation that we're in currently, I believe. Um, and, you know, the market, the property market, I've also used the term, you know, it's like stopping an oil tanker. It doesn't just happen overnight, it happens gradually. And then you think, oh my God, um, this, is, this has happened and this is, <laughs> we're in a, in a bit of a dire strait. If you take houses on um, indiscriminately, um, then what happens is that you end up with the market taking a lot longer uh, to recover uh, than it would do if you took control of it in the first place. Because of that hangover of overpriced properties. You've got all of these hang all overpriced properties. You're trying to serve as vendors. You're trying to explain why you're not actually getting offers on, on properties. Um, and they're blaming you for it. You spent your money. Um, <laughs> they haven't got any skin in the game then. Um, but you're, they're blaming you for it. I think, you know, I, th I think it's just an unintelligent thing to be doing. Just before we finish, uh, what about business generation, door knocking, uh, that sort of thing? Did that happen in, back no. in the 60s and 70s? No, that smacked of um, desperation and was considered unprofessional. Okay, um, a lot time. of people still think that, don't they? Yeah, well, they do, yeah. Okay, um, what about cooperation between estate agents? Oh, it's great. Um, you know, <laughs> we even helped other estate agents to open up. So another estate agent would move into the town and we would give them sub-instructions. Or we would give them to some instructions. Sub, sub instructions. So if we, you know, if, if, if they had nothing to, 
to sell, which they wouldn't do. Why would you do that? Um, it seemed like the nice thing to do. <laughs> I say it was a kind of, it was a kind of time, um, and the world was big enough, um, and you know we weren't bitching after each other. To do you think it was a happier time? It was a much happier time. Um, or are you just having that with rose-tinted glasses because you're in your seventies and looking back? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, I, I can't. I can't. Rem- I don't think I'd have been a man's Mooney um, if if I had. Be wearing, if I, if, you know, if I were wearing rose tinted glasses now, I don't think I'd have been decorated in the office. I think I'd have probably found another career um, if that had been the case. John, thank you for your time. Thank you for your insight. Um, I hope you've enjoyed that brief insight between the 1960s and the 2020s between a state agency. Mm. I think a lot has changed, but at the same time, not a lot has changed. Uh, thank you very much. That's a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for asking.